0: Our second ever podcast with myself, Steph Michalak, and my lovely wife here.
1: Hello, I'm Hannah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Firstly, just want to do some uh, quick housekeeping. We have a, a, a new Facebook group set up. So if you just search on Facebook uh, for um, just search M's the word podcast. And it's going to be like just a podcast sort of Facebook group for all things podcast related. So we have that set up and also something else, another little community set up on Locals. So if you just type in M's the word com, that will take you to a page full of all sorts of wonderful things.
1: That way, if you want to comment on anything that we've said or if you want us to cover a certain topic or ask us a question, then you can just head over to those two little places.
0: Yeah, or Instagram or Twitter or any other ones, but...
1: You mentioned the word housekeeping. Yeah. I've got a household hack that I want to share.
0: Oh God, you're trying to break into that market now? Are you trying no, to be I'm new, really um, not, but I'm really pleased hinge. about it.
1: What's that? Um, and I'm aware that it's probably <laughs> not the most interesting thing to start the podcast with, but it's made me so happy.
0: Oh Christ, what is it?
1: So when we moved into this house, I bought a linen tablecloth and... Oh, you're starting the podcast starting, on a linen tablecloth yes, chat. Yes, I am. Yes, I am.
0: All right, you do you.
1: So I got this linen tablecloth, put it on once, really liked how it looked. I mean, I'm in the tablecloth land. I'm in my, like... Oh, cr- what is happening here? <laughs> but then when I washed it, it just went really creased and I could not get the creases out. Even if I was ironing it, I could not get the creases out. And one of my Instagram friends gave me a tip this week for any of you out there who have issues with linen tablecloths is to wash it and then put it wet on your table to air dry literally changed my life
0: changed your life changed
1: my life Steph. i mean we're at home all the time i want my table to look nice
0: we don't have much going on in our lives now, to no be honest. Yeah. and yeah. it
1: just softens up the kitchen oh, and I... i'm really enjoying it so i thought i would share that for anyone else who also doesn't want to spend time ironing a linen tablecloth
0: wow well i don't know about you but i'm excited for this week's podcast <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell Talk about starting... How, would, how do we compare to that now, Hannah? You've, you've, you've peaked too early. <laughs> Crikey. Okay, well, I've actually got an exciting guest on today, uh, later on in the podcast, uh, a friend of mine, uh, who, who uh, he's a medic. I, I d- well, let me see what he does. I thought, <laughs> he was, I thought he was a GP, but he's not actually a GP. He is, he's... Um, I've been messaging him today about it. I don't even think anything I can... is
1: he a surgeon?
0: Yeah, He is. He's a surgeon, but a particular type of surgeon. Um... Who who sort of s- cuts out cancer? An uh, urological surgeon, urological surgeon.
1: I I mean I can't read the word that you're trying to look up. Yeah,
0: like the, the, that one up there. I think it's God. I can't even read what he does. I don't know how he's bloody trained in it.
1: Um, I'm a, I guess Urologi- urological, urological surgeon. Urological
0: surgeon. Yeah. So um, he's a surgeon, and he also happens to be a bit of a COVID skeptic. He thinks, uh, well, he thinks we've gone a little bit too far with our with our COVID um, restrictions. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to chat to him about it um, and I'll talk a little bit about it later on the podcast. So that should be interesting.
1: But, I think it'll be interesting listening to someone speak about it from a much more educated yeah, background ex- in yeah. medicine and, and exactly. that kind of...
0: Because I suppose, you know, as a bit of a contrarian, I do approach a lot of things with... my dad always says this he's always playing devil's advocate you always play the opposite hand of everything and I always like doing that so if if the measures were the way I'm would think they should be now then I would probably argue the opposite so I always try and find I always try and argue the opposite of every
1: I know you do it's quite irritating sometimes (laughs) every time I have an opinion on something Steph's like yeah but what about this and you'll literally say like the opposite thing
0: yeah I think it was always seen as a bad thing in life to be a fence sitter People always say, oh, you should choose what side you're on. And I don't think you should. I like being a fence sitter. I like sitting in between arguments and listening to both sides. And I just feel that's a healthy place to be.
1: I agree with you. I do think it's it's good not to be so polarized and to kind of take other people's opinions and feelings on board as well, rather than just being, no, this is how I think and this is right. yeah exactly it shouldn't be like that it's
0: yeah it should you're right it shouldn't be so i've always been a bit of a fence sitter politically ideology we're speaking with my ideologies and things so
1: you're not a fence sitter when we have an argument
0: (laughs) you are right
1: and there is no convincing you otherwise
0: (laughs) the the best way i think i think to kind of win an argument is to understand the opposition's point of view Mm -hmm. because if you can't understand that and if you don't acknowledge that then you're just going to get angry and, and lose it and lose the argument straight away. So you have to understand where they're coming from, what their anger is and why they're upset. And if you can understand that and get behind enemy lines, then you, yeah.
1: I think a lot of the time, if you were to have an argument with somebody, it's it's quite hard to understand where their anger is coming from. Yeah. And something that they might say that they're annoyed about, it's not they're annoyed about that particular thing. It's It's more like the feelings behind that thing and what Mm. that makes them feel like that doesn't make any sense (laughs) no i I,
0: sometimes don't you find that well i find this in particular an argument with you i'll 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 try and understand i'll try and get behind enemy lines and understand where you're coming from but i just think you're being so illogical and so irrational that it makes me angry that you can't see how irrational you're being (laughs) and then it just it just flowers out of control
1: well i will put my hands up and say certain times i can be illogical and irrational um but yeah. other times I I feel like I've got a point and mm. I get cross if you can't understand how I feel or why something you've said or done has made me feel a certain way. Mm. Um but generally, I generally speaking, I think you and I have learnt over the years to manage our arguments and our like the way that we articulate our feelings to each other pretty well. We had
0: a really really good tip which revolutionized our married life, I think. And that was a while ago, somebody told us to do something called timeout, where if things get a bit heated, you just do a timeout, which has to be respected by both parties, where you walk away from the argument, you come and you if you have if you you need to, you come back to it later. But when things get a bit, we can see they've got a bit out of control, you time out and then you walk away from it and sometimes you don't want to and sometimes it, it's like ripping yourself away from something that you just don't want to be ripped away from and it's difficult yeah, yeah. I
1: think for me the important thing about that was the fact that we learned to we time out but then we'd say right we are going to talk about this but we're going to talk about it when we've both calmed down when we're both in a better place even if it's like half an hour's time mm. or in the evening when the kids have gone to bed to me it I don't like having unresolved conflict. I find that really difficult. I can't sleep if we have an unresolved conflict. I just, it sits with me and I absolutely hate that negativity between us because, like, you're my best friend. So it's like, I just want us to be, like, close all the time, which isn't always possible. But that's a tip that I found really helpful in that I wouldn't then sit with the worry because I knew we were going to go back to it. And half the time when you go back to it, you don't, you end up realising that it was something that you don't actually really care about. But in the heat of an argument, you just want to get your point across. And half the time you go back and you're like, oh, I don't really care, actually. Like, let's just forget about it. I
0: think I told you this. I think I've told you everything. That's in my brain. I think you've like rung out every anecdote and analogy and everything that's in there.
1: Steph, I would hate to be in your brain. There's no, like a I, million things going I on. Know. Even just thinking about being in your brain stresses me out. But
0: my first girlfriend, when I didn't really understand girls, I would notice a pattern of arguments occurring in our relationship.
1: Be very careful what you're about to say. I you would have no, female yeah, I know, listeners. I know, probably majority. I know where you're going. I would notice
0: a pattern so I started to write down the patterns and I'd, I'd write down the severity of the patterns and when they happened and I ended up making it into kind of like a like a chart and then I meant it made that into a chart into like a, a kind of like a PowerPoint presentation and then one time I invited her over to my house and I actually gave her a PowerPoint presentation showing her the correlation between our arguments and her menstrual cycle thinking that she would be like thank you thank you for pointing this out now i'm aware it's mostly me you're right i'll now be aware we can we can navigate these waters um far easier now that i feel I'm aware like you should this.
1: publicly apologize to this girl right she, now <laughs>
0: she didn't even hang around for the snacks in the q a section she was out of that door straight away and soon after we broke up but i thought i was but i thought at the time that's a that, genius thing to do
1: i always feel like that's such a at the risk of sounding very sexist is a very pragmatic male approach
0: yeah yeah, you're right. It is. You know,
1: like wh- I think as women, we're so much more not in tune with our emotions, but we're so much more comfortable being able to speak about exactly how we feel and to cry and to be angry. And like, it's almost like we've always been taught from an early age that we're allowed to do that. Whereas yeah. I guess men from a certain generation or certain upbringings, you're c- kind of told, no, don't cry. You've got to mm. be strong. It's all right. Man up type thing. And that's yeah. probably where that stems from.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think we can get frustrated as guys, I think, in arguments or in, in conflicts or when something goes wrong that you can't fix. It gets us angry. If something's happened where you're like, I, I want to fix it. I want to know what the problem is. You come at it from a pragmatic angle. Okay, there's an issue. There's a problem. Let's find out the root cause of the problem and let's fix it. And if you can't, then it gets you quite angry and frustrated. You just feel useless. I don't know if that's a, just a, a male thing or, yeah.
1: I think... um. One of the things that I am baffled by is how little I've ever seen you cry in like nine years. I cry (laughs) probably once a week, would you say? Like I'm always, when I get emotional or I'm upset about something, it just comes out. Mm. (laughs) But
0: yeah, it's so bizarre because I I remember a few years ago. Like, where does it go? Well, my dad told me for the first time that he at the time had, um, he got um, prostate cancer. And I remember crying then and I remember how strange it was to cry. And I almost could objectively see myself cry. And I was almost like telling myself off, being like, look at you. What are you doing? Mm. This is so lame. Why are you doing this? And I couldn't just uh, be consumed in the emotions because I was so pulled out of it. But by this objective version of myself being like, Mm. what are you doing, mate? You look like a dick. Stop, Stop that shit. What are you doing? Come on. And, and that was such a weird voice to have. And I don't know where the voice came from. I don't know if the voice is something that's been subtly engineered throughout my life, but it was there and I was very aware of it being like, this is so conflicting. On you know, one hand, wanting to be subsumed by the emotions, and the other hand, being very much aware of the emotions occurring.
1: Yeah, I feel like that leads me on quite nicely to a book that I read last week, uh, called, it's called sabotage. By... Is this one of your
0: recommendations, by the way? It is, yes. Okay. By Emma Gannon. Hang and... on, you've thrown me out. Let me—I've got a recommendations. Oh no, but it, it... I've got a recommendation sound. So do you want to get To recommendations? You put the sound in, okay. honey. Do what Come you on, need to. Come on, I put a lot of time into this. <laughs> okay, this is our new recommendations uh, intro music. Oh yeah, time for recommendations—stuff that Anna and I have found throughout the week that we think is pretty damn cool. And We want to share with you. I'm doing such
1: a mum, right now. <laughs>
0: Anyway, yeah. Jig. (laughs) Come on then, Hannah. What's your recommendation?
1: So I read last week a book called Sabotage, How to Silence Your Inner Critic and Get Out of Your Own Way by the author Emma Gannon, who I have this week become slightly obsessed with. But anyway, the bit that I wanted to talk about in this book, um, which I think potentially might help a few people right now because I feel like with COVID and everything... A lot of us are just feeling a little bit low or a little bit lost or you know we're living in these uncertain times and there's part of this book which i absolutely devoured where she talks about feeling sad and like allowing herself to feel sad which i think kind of goes nicely with what you were just saying about how strange that feeling was to you and that you almost didn't want yourself you didn't want to allow yourself to feel it And she's saying that she does this thing called the sad walk. And I'm just going to read a little bit of that out. Oh, here we go. She says, During difficult times, I have been known to go on what I call a sad run. It means going for a jog around the park, sunglasses on, even if it's not sunny, and feeling all my sadness. Sometimes I'll help the sadness along by listening to a sad song. The point is, I dedicate an hour to just fully feeling sad. Feeling the depths of my emotions and not trying to feel better. Just feeling what I need to feel without distraction. During a sad run, I'm not trying to feel better necessarily. I'm trying to lean into the feelings and feel them properly. The process of self-discovery and growth can be uncomfortable, but it's worth it for what might follow. And I just thought that that was a really nice concept, especially in the times that we're living in at the moment, to be able to go out and by yourself and just feel whatever it is you need and acknowledge it and then kind of move past release it, it that way yeah i find, I I find think, it i find it
0: interesting that that's your that's your coping mechanism or you find that that's a handy way to deal with it. And that, I suppose, more than ever now is more of a celebrated and embraced way mm. to deal with it. And I feel like stoicism, which takes the opposite approach to that, where you're very much trying to control your emotions and not let be not be subsumed, subsumed by them. Um, it's kind of opposite to that. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but I feel like it is, to me, probably more effective than feeling, than going out and allowing mm. myself to feel the emotions. Yeah. Uh, it's uh,
1: interesting, though, because she... Was writing about it obviously um with adults in mind but i also read a parenting book recently by philippa perry who basically says we should do the same thing with our children where instead of saying something like oh don't be sad which i think we're all guilty of sometimes and Mm -hmm. you kind of have to catch yourself in it instead of saying that you're supposed to let the child feel what they feel and sit with them with their feelings and acknowledge how they're feeling not just try and be like oh you can't feel like that or you shouldn't feel like that Mm. and i just thought that it was interesting that i've read recently two books one for like one for aimed at looking after children and one aimed at like looking after mental health yeah that they're both saying the same thing that it's really important that you acknowledge your own feelings and let yourself feel
0: how I normally tell Grace and our six-year-old, to deal with it, I say when he's in one of these emotional states, I say, Look, Grace, so what he calms down from, it, I say, look, what what you felt there, like see that emotion as like an out-of-control wild horse. And and what do you want to do with that horse? Do you want to calm it down and like chill it out? Or do you want to let it just run around and be crazy and just like buck all over the place? And and your job as Uh, you know, a boy or a kid turning into a boy is to learn how to control that wild horse. So, so sometimes when he's going crazy, I'll say to him, control the horse, control the horse and try and allow him to zoom out of the situation and and see it happening like that. um, And visualize it like that in a way and see if that can help him to be like, make sense of the chaos that's happening in his mind, because that's what it is. It's just chaos in there and all, everything's in flux and he can't really figure out how to kind of control it. So By visualising it as this kind of crazy horse, I figure that might help him.
1: I think it's so much harder for children as well because they don't have the vocabulary like we do to explain exactly what it is that they're feeling. Sometimes they don't know what they're feeling. Sometimes I don't know what I'm feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: I don't have a recommendation of the week. Uh, um, I I think, I mean, I've been reading that where the crawdads sing, which I think is an incredible book. Uh, that's one of my recommendations. I, What's it about? Um, it's about a, a young girl called Kia who lives in the marshes over in America, and she is abandoned by her pretty much her whole family, and she brings herself up from a very young age in a, in a shack in in, in the marshes. And it's, she meets a couple of guys, and it doesn't work out very well. And I, I don't want to give too much away in case to read it. It's a very good read. My auntie Claire recommended it to me, and I've been um, I've been reading it almost every night. I'm nearly finished it now. I'd, I'd highly recommend that of, as for a fiction.
1: Steph but, and I are doing a, a nightly book club at the moment. It's so nice. We don't really have anything that we haven't watched on yeah. uh, on TV at the M- moment. We've gone so, through pretty much everything. Worth yeah, watching, I feel like we? we've completed like television at we, the moment.
0: We did two bouts of Ozark, didn't we? And we had yeah. to give up on our second go because we, you know, we tried the first time. And we were like, no, nah, can't get into this. Everyone kept saying so good. So we tried again. We got to the second, halfway through the second season. We were like, no, we just can't do this.
1: So right now our evenings consist of peppermint tea.
0: (laughs) It's so old.
1: Peppermint tea is like the best thing in the evening. It's like when you want a drink, but you don't want an alcoholic drink. And you also don't want caffeine. But you want a nice, comforting, hot drink. It's (laughs) like the best drink. Yeah. So it's peppermint tea, light the fire, get the dog in the bed with us. And then we've both got a big old fiction to read. Mm. And I absolutely love it. It's such a an amazing way to wind down in the it's evening it's the
0: escapism it offers because i think right now what we're feeling amongst all of our friends and all of our colleagues is a certain frequency a very net, a very low frequency where people are feeling quite anxious people are feeling quite um insecure about their future and what's happening with well, like, everything's with, uncertain people don't know people are unsure and uncertain and i think that that with that brings a lot of mental health uh, issues and i think you need some way to just allow your brain just to move away from it all and if you're watching the news that's it's not good for you to be you know consuming too much of that so a book a good fiction where you're just completely invert immersed in this book that really takes you out of it
1: I think the good thing about reading as well is that it calms your whole body you're Mm -hmm. just focusing on one thing you can't do anything else while you're reading you're still you're not looking at a screen unless you're reading a kindle but I feel like it's not the same is it and yeah, it's just, it's almost like you enter this like meditative state. Yeah, you're know. right. Actually, it's are really right. It is like that.
0: It's like flow state, isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: I think that's why I've got into it so much over the past year is because I just, I feel like I'm quite a hectic person anyway, and then throw in a global pandemic and I'm just like, ah. <laughs> just so casually
0: chucking a, pan, a global yeah, pandemic.
1: And reading <laughs> is just, it's like therapy for me. I have a great recommendation, actually. I haven't finished it yet, but I've only been reading it for three days but I'm so close to the end and I really don't want it to end it's another Emma Gannon book see I told you I was like such a fangirl of her this week Um, it's called Olive it's her first fiction and initially I'd seen it and not bought it because I just thought oh I won't really relate to the character the character is someone who she's in her I want to say like mid 30s or something and all her friends are getting married having children and she chooses not to have children so it's kind of about how she goes through these few years and what she experiences and how people react to her decision Um, and I just thought oh I won't relate to that Um, I don't think that's going to be something that interests me but then I read her Emma's self sabotage book and I just loved her writing and I loved I just loved it so I, I then went and bought the olive novel just off the back of that and oh my god I just don't want it to end I love the characters I'm gonna be so sad when it finishes so yeah that's my recommendation
0: cool see so yeah cool I um so how do you think that how do you think the podcast is going so far how are you feeling it are you enjoying it are you this is our I love it yeah. I really
1: look forward to it okay oh, it's so good, yeah I don't know it's just nice having a chat having it, a really long chat
0: it's nice as a as a completely op- different medium to everything mm. we've been used to it um it's so different because here you're just focusing on talking whereas before I was focusing on like getting my you know with the videos the sound and the the composition and you know the the ca- the camera settings and all the other kind of things that go into it whereas here we just sit down and have a chat and it's great I, I, I'm really enjoying yeah. it
1: I think the only thing that worries me is that I absolutely hate the sound of my own voice and sometimes I'm not as articulate on the spot as I would like to be do you know what I mean yeah. but I think that probably comes with practice
0: that's the thing that really um when I rocked up to this, I was really scared about, I thought, you know, because I just thought I want to be funny and charismatic and interesting and introspective. And I want to, I want to be all these things and I don't feel like I'm any of them. (laughs) That, you that, need to
1: read self sabotage stuff. Yeah, I think I do. <laughs>
0: um, but anyway, we, we're good, we, like I said, we're going to try different features each week. So um we're always one of the one of the features which will always stick will be the recommendations feature. I think I, I'm going to I like keeping that in there. Though sorry, I was underprepared for that this week. Um, but all right I got your back. We do have another feature coming up, which is a, which is in like a, almost like an agony aunt feature. We spoke about it in our last podcast. We're going to do it this week, and we asked people to send us in some. Um, I don't know, some dilemmas they're having in their relationships currently. And we would give our advice on those. So we had quite a few of them come in, actually. I'm so, just
1: going to throw this in there that neither of us are actually qualified to give any advice. Um,
0: no, we're not. We seem to know how to make a marriage work. That's that's the only yeah. advice we can, for now, anyway. Who knows what happens? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I before we go into that, I, I wanted to do my uh, a new feature, uh, Predictions for the Future.
1: Oh, have you got a jingle? Yeah, I do. Of course you do.
0: So this is my predictions for the future: tech that I see happening, um, inventions that I see on the horizon. Oh, you get the idea.
1: Mystic stuff. I'm like, liking... that's what you should call it, please.
0: No, no, wait, no way. I'm not calling it Mystic Steph. For Christ's sake. Um, this is predictions for the future. Okay, so I did basically predict. I'm not going to say her name. Um, like, I did say. I remember in in, in Norway many <laughs> Don't years say ago, her name. driving along with my ex's dad saying. Honestly, what's going to happen is in the next few years, you'll be able to turn on lights with your voice. And then in the next few years, it happened. So I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, this is my prediction. You will go and watch a film and you will be the protagonist. You'll be the star of the show. You. You'll see your face on the big screen. And that's how films will be in the future. You'll go in, they'll scan your face in the theatre and then they'll project that face onto the... So you could be the baddie, you bad guy. You could choose what character you want to be, even you and all your friends. And you, could, it'll map your face onto the character and you'll watch you and all your friends and your family, whatever, in the film.
1: Wouldn't that be so fun? So there'll be oh an my God, so I could be Rosie Huntington in, uh, what's that film? Whether in the desert... Uh, Mad Max. Oh, Mad Max, yeah, of course. I'll I be Rosie be Mad Max, and Mad Max. Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could be Mad Max. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be great.
0: Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Because I'd be like, screw much... the
1: gym. I'll just map my face onto her body. It's
0: already possible to do it. So all the technology, the technology just needs to evolve a little bit more to, for, for it to be able to happen. But that's where we're going to head to. And imagine how great that will be.
1: It would be fun.
0: To see yourself on the big screen and all like as James Bond or as... You it'd know. be very
1: strange, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, but it'd be great. So, Especially
1: if you're like quite an introvert and yeah. that is something that you would never do yeah like an act or
0: but i think especially in the light of covid when i don't know what the future of cinema is going to be i can't imagine anytime soon you're going to cram a lot of people into a cinema all coughing and spluttering next to each other so i reckon what they'll do is they'll probably make smaller screens for about eight people or whatever you walk into the theatre, you stand in a booth, it scans your face, you go into your little booth and then you choose what character you want to be or it will randomly select whatever and then it will map your face to that character and you'll watch the film as you and your friends or you and your family. Mm. And that's, that's what's going to happen, I guarantee it. You so should, there's my prediction you for You should
1: the future. Uh, patent these predictions.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I can patent <laughs> no, that. No, I don't think you no, can either, but it would be good I, if you could. Yeah, it's very tricky. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's actually patentable and I'd almost rather let somebody else do it and then I'll just enjoy it. I'm going to go through the hassle of all that.
1: Have you got any more predictions <laughs> I this I've got too week? much on my
0: plate as it is. Um, that's my main prediction. I didn't think... Would
1: didn't- you like to know how 13-year-old me decided to dress and do my makeup for my first date?
0: Oh, yes, we've got Hannah's Diary. I don't think I have a... Look at this. I don't think... Look hang at- on. If I don't think I've got a jingle for this, but I've, maybe we have got a, a spare one. You little bitch. Maybe I'll throw this one in. This is uh, Hannah's Diary... <laughs> when she was at eight, and no, I said, sorry about that, jingo, I'm never gonna use that one again. That was awful. Anyway, give us your diary. Okay, readings. so
1: I have this really old diary. If you're watching the video version of this podcast. Oh, Precious it's like it a checkered, It's like a chequered <laughs> like neon pink, green, and uh orange diary <laughs> with a padlock on the front and a cat that says precious. Oh Christ. I know, and all the pages have fallen out, so it was quite hard to find something that actually made sense. But I managed to find this really funny little extract um, about when I was... I think I must have been 12 or 13 when I did this diary Um, because it was my first boyfriend. I was quite late to the game. The year is 2001. So how old was I there? 12. I was 12. And um, so I was going out with this boy. I say that in very loose terms because literally saw him like twice i think he lived in the same village as my best friend um and so in my diary i'm like planning what i'm gonna do and where when i see him at her house basically (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny so um i've said i'm gonna take twister with me (laughs) wiv with me so we can play it with peter (laughs) he's well sweet but I wish he was a bit taller. <laughs> <laughs> he smells really nice, too.
0: I bet that was smel- Africa. I remember
1: him s- smelling really strongly of washing powder. His mum must have had a really good washing I w- powder. I always
0: get jealous when I smell people who smell of washing powder. I'm like, was why can we not get that smell? That
1: smell, isn't yeah. it? I bet they're using those uh, Unstoppables. But, um, yeah.
0: I think the problem is you need... No, I think what it is, honey, is you need... We've got a washer-dryer. Sorry to put it of course here. but Ooh, not-
1: back to the household chat, Steph. We've
0: got a washer-dryer, which does two... Okay, whereas if you had a dedicated washer and a dedicated dryer, it would do them much better. But anyway, sorry, carry on.
1: uh So he smells really <laughs> nice too. I'm gonna put on some nice clothes and make myself up with blue eyeshadow. Ooh, blue eyeshadow. I'll borrow that from your mum. Shining lip balm and glitter.
0: <laughs> glitter? Where are you putting the glitter? I have
1: no idea. <laughs> My hair is going to be free, but with two pigtails. I have no idea what that means. (laughs) Free? Free. I think as I'm, I mean, down, I think, but with two pigtails. I'm like, where are they going to go? Can you just imagine this right now?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm going to wear my popper trousers and a white America flag top. Oh, God. That's long, so I look shorter because I was taller than him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know what jacket. But I'm going to make sure I smell nice too. This time, I'm not going to make a fool of myself. And I'm just going to memorise stuff to say so he doesn't get bored. <laughs> I wonder what you memorised. I have no idea. It's probably in there somewhere. <laughs> did you make
0: a fool of yourself the time before then?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you remember what you did? <laughs> no, Do you
1: I don't remember. That's so I fun. mean, this is like 2001. Yeah. That's a long time ago. How did that
0: work out Anyway.
1: Um, well, basically, I don't think we ever saw each other because he lived like 45 minutes away okay. from me and I was 13 and we didn't go to the same school or anything. Oh, so so I think fizzled it out. fizzled out. Okay. I don't even think we kissed or anything.
0: Uh, so you're, were you were, but you were boyfriend, girlfriend?
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> we said we were okay. for like two weeks Aww. it's so cute all obviously these... my outfit didn't go to plan i love these, <laughs>
0: these kind of juvenile little relationships that you have where you want to feel like a, you feel so old when you're in them don't you you've yeah. got a boyfriend or a girlfriend yeah. and it's like you don't really though do you
1: it's you so sort of funny of it's when you read it back though and like even the language that i was using when i was 13 12 13 so funny just saying with w-i-v <laughs> <laughs> and like i used to i've read a few pages of this diary where i call things lush all the time which i think is a real west country thing because people do it in bath too yeah and i've started lush. doing it again i'm I like don't... i've gone full circle baby no, i'll no, be saying no, with no, again don't
0: do, please don't do that please don't definitely don't say with <laughs> <laughs> Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yeah, anyway, so we, we could probably now do our, um, our, agony new, aunt. our new section, our agony aunt section. So I've taken some screen grabs here on my phone of some of the messages that people say. I've got quite a few of them.
1: Can I, uh, have you chosen one already? Um,
0: no, but it'll take a while to read. I think we just go first come, first serve. Sure. Um, Hit me. Yeah, okay, fine. So let me give me let me let give you the... Uh, I've got, I've got an, um, some music for this one, so here we go. So there's this guy. I've known him for about seven years now. We grew up together and were best friends at one point. We eventually crossed the line and tried to date, but it was long distance as I was in college a few states away. It didn't work out and... He essentially cheated and I found out through friends. So when I came home on a school break and we talked and broke up, I'm watering this down a lot, he said he wanted to go back to being friends and I thought it might work since I was so far away and we weren't seeing each other. But his new girlfriend didn't like me and it just wasn't a good idea. So eventually we stopped talking. However, every time they break up, I get a phone call from him. And I've gotten, I've gotten some not-so-pleasant messages from the girl while they've been together. This most recent time, he said, they're definitely done, and we're back to friends for a few weeks. And now it's been radio silence. Right, yeah. Uh, get, don't just... You need to not see him as a potential partner. Um, I, it, I just don't think it's a good idea it sounds a bit like some guys like to have a backup plan and I don't want to be I sometimes I'm, I'm going to be a bit blunt with you here sometimes they like to think well if that one goes wrong you've got somebody, got somebody waiting, waiting in the, for wings, me, in the yeah. wings yeah and his girlfriend who he's probably seeing and dating whatever knows that as well so she wants to get you out of the equation because she doesn't want him having this backup you don't want to be the backup person. Um, and you need to wake up and realise this guy is not good for you because if he was, you would just know and he wouldn't be with this other girl. He'd want to be with you. So I would say forget about him.
1: It also sounds like potentially it might be an age thing. I think a lot of guys when they are younger kind of need to get relationship stuff out of their system in terms of like having a few different girlfriends and doing different things and not being tied down as such in a relationship and when people are young you're kind of every relationship you have is teaching you something about the person that you are and the person that you want to end up with and i think it's really important to to go out and experience that
0: yeah you're right okay we'll do one more and and i'm not sure
1: if this is actually advice (laughs) I I mean, I'm not really giving any constructive advice. I think
0: we are. Um, I think, by the way, these are first first come, first serve on these, so I've just sort of taken the first ones that have been sent to me. I haven't... Give me that depressing
1: jingle, Steph.
0: Here we go. Hi, Steph and Hannah. Years. I've been in a relationship for almost seven years. I'm 35, he's 34. And I always wanted to get married. He doesn't believe in marriage, and the longer the relationship got on he refused to get married I couldn't live with that and we got separated three weeks ago I'm still confused if that has been the right choice as this separation hasn't been because I fell out of love Oh look, sorry. I beg your pardon. I'm reading this terribly. I'm still you confused. I, I haven't got my glasses on, so I'm sort of everything's blurry. <laughs> I'm trying to read it. I'm, I Honey, shrewd. do you want me to read I it? I just know where my glasses are. Hang on. <laughs> I, I'm, okay, here we go. Let's try again. Sorry about this. I'm still confused. So if that's, um, that, if that, if, the, if that has been the right choice, as this separation hasn't been because I fell out of love, I would like your advice or at least your opinion on it. Love, cat. Oh shit. Sorry, cat. I mean, there's lots of people called cat, so it's okay, isn't it? Maybe sorry. I Not said if the name. boyfriend's. I didn't listening. say the second name. Oh yeah, I'm doubtful he will listen. And besides, there's lots of people with a cat often called Cat. And besides, they're broken up now, so it doesn't matter anyway. Sorry, no offence. Cat, <laughs> um, you were three weeks over the breakup, man. You got to give this a good. Oh, you been how long? Do you say to be together three years? Um, firstly,
1: gonna... I think we should talk about marriage, because obviously, Steph and I are married. But essentially, I am of the opinion, and I think you'll probably agree with me, that it is just a piece of paper and a ring. I mean, it's... it's to it's us a, it is, but not to a lot of other people. It shows commitment, and it is nice being in it. But I don't think that it should be the be all and end. I don't think it should be the reason why you break up with a long term relationship when you really still love the person and you're compatible and you have other kind of similar yeah, goals and...
0: I mean, it depends what the whole other relationship is like. If you're yeah. deeply in love with the person and that's just the one thing that's in the way, I don't think, yeah, it's a good idea to end it over that uh, one thing. Um, it's... It's like I said, like Hannah says, it is just a contract. We're all drawn towards that thing from the moment we're kind of born and conditioned into being um, sort of westernised It's such a Western society thing that
1: you're kind of taught, oh, you meet someone, you get married, you have children, you buy a house. That's how your life should be. And there's there's so many different pathways that you can take that don't involve any of those things. You don't have to do any of those things. It's just what we've been told is normal yeah
0: you'll put these roast into glasses on as well and you'll think oh that was the only reason why we broke up but there might be is there other reasons is there other things that you you know you yeah fundamentally
1: with? do you have the same values do you want the same things out of life other than being married
0: exactly and i I would say before you broke up see a marriage counselor or not a marriage case like a relationship counselor because seven years is a long time and that'd be a shame to just to throw that away over one thing and I would say if you both talk to a counselor about it um then that would help a lot and
1: that's a really great idea. I think try everything before you actually end it, because then you know that you've you did your best and you and you've tried.
0: Yeah, and then you can walk away from it thinking I did all I could. Yeah, and then you, yeah, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. So there you go. That's our uh, agony aunt section over and done with. I hope uh, a few of you out there appreciated that.
1: I hope it was actually helpful.
0: Uh yeah, me too. Actually, I, I don't know. Probably just it
1: was, two I, old crooners. <laughs> hours wa- washed-out
0: old YouTubers <laughs> giving you advice on your relationship. <laughs> yeah, so um I don't know how long you want these podcasts to be. I, I see. I would like them to be like two hours.
1: You want Joe Rogan style? I'm, I'm coming
0: for you, Rogan. I've, <laughs> I haven't got any of your ch- chat or charisma. He's got a better background. A <laughs> uh, what? About?
1: Better background. I do
0: have. I hate his new studio. It's the worst. <laughs> it looks like a Chinese restaurant. Not that I don't like Chinese restaurants. I like Chinese restaurants when I'm eating the Chinese food, but. Not to watch Rogan's podcast, it looks bloody awful. you think for the amount of money he's worth, he's worth like, God, over a hundred million that deal was. A hundred wow. million with Spotify. What's
1: going on with that? Because didn't didn't There's loads of, of the Spotify it. stuff like go on yeah, strike Strike because th- or of... Or
0: threatened to go on strike if, if they didn't moderate his content. And I
1: feel like that's such a shame. And I know that this is probably going to be... It is such a shame. It's probably quite a controversial thing to talk about, but we love joe and i've listened and to and I think thousands
0: it's... of hours of that man and whenever somebody con- con- condemns him i always think you must be such a bore in real life because i've heard him i understand him where he's coming from and what he's about and what he projects to the world he's the only thing really now that's making america seem like a bit cool
1: he but really should run america, for president i, I always
0: he? i always said america's a bit like your uncle who used to come around with ripped jeans on doing giving throwing out some high fives teaching you how to talk to girls and now that american uncle is like Really overweight. He's got a comb over. He smells of like fentanyl and he's like g- g- going through a messy custody battle. He's like, he's, he's, it's not, he, it's lost its cool. But then you've got Rogan. He's like making it cool again, I think. I think he's very open minded. He's very objective. He's, I don't know, introspective as well. And what I found really fascinating about him was that when I started doing jujitsu, I really understood him a lot more and as a, as a kind of, he doesn't like to call himself an interview, I suppose, but as he talks to people and converses with people, I found a correlation between the way you physically connect with somebody in jujitsu and the way you maneuver them and the way you open spaces up and you maneuver spaces and you, and, and you do all this kind of physical manipulation. I found that there was a direct correlation between that and and the way he converses that's and, so
1: interesting yeah and I was
0: like he opens people up in the same way that you would do that and he goes into that little space there and he finds a he finds a weakness there and he moves maneuvers them around that way and I found like the a mental correlation to the physical um effects of judo uh, of jujitsu, and I found that really interesting yeah almost straight away as soon as I started doing it I was like that I see you
1: I think it's such a shame that they want to censor him such a shame shame and it's it's one of those things you don't have to listen to the podcast or if there's something on there Mm. that offended you you can just turn off that's the beauty of the world that we live in now is that you can collate the things that you want to interact with and the things that you choose to listen to and watch you don't no one's forcing you to listen to somebody who you
0: it's it's so counterintuitive where if you silence somebody you give them a louder voice it's bizarre because the minute you silence somebody People are like, why? why have they been silenced? I want to hear what they've got to say. I want to make up my own mind. Um, you know, that's why it doesn't really work that well. And I, I think it's it's really counterintuitive.
1: I'm wondering if it is something to do with the global situation right now, why people are feeling quite irate about wanting to censor him. Because everyone is a little bit more uptight than they normally are.
0: I think it's more... People the...
1: aren't so open and fluid and relaxed so where if he says something that they politically don't agree with or I don't know he's he talks openly about smoking marijuana and people don't like that and I think a lot of that is to do with this weird world that we're living in right now
0: I think there's always people out there that want to stifle free speech and don't want mm. people to talk and want to follow their p- particular ideologies. I feel like we're in this very much so now. There's a culture war. There's this a whole ideo- ideological mosh pit happening. People are flailing around trying to get their ideas out there. People are the one thing that I really don't understand is when people have an opinion and think everybody else should have the same opinion as them. Like for instance, I would hate it if everyone had the same opinion as me. I'm a I'm a libertarian at heart and a nihilist and an nihilist at the same time. Time. So I don't believe anything really matters in life, from a university, university speaking. So, I'm, I'm, but I wouldn't want everyone to think like that. I don't believe in free will. It's like so it,
1: funny because there's so much of that that I agree with you on. Mm. But in my heart, I'm like, yeah but please don't make it like that. Like I'm a romantic as yeah. well, so I'm like, but there's got to be something that means something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, of course.
0: They're, they're, of course, and I do think there is, but I don't think we are we have the ability to comprehend it with our yeah. stupid brains. But I feel like, I, but I feel like the way I see the world isn't product isn't the sort of thing that would help the economy survive and help societies unite so i don't want people to think the way i think and it's better they don't in my mind that's why you're
1: not in any kind of power stuff <laughs> yeah exactly
0: in my mind nobody is responsible for what they do they're they're but that being a determinist i believe everything's pre, pre uh, preordained. and so i, f- I feel like in, in my mind you would open up prisons because it's not their fault they've done that you know what they've done they were always going to do that it was always going to happen the crime they committed was was uh, was going to happen the minute they were born so that's not the way you can function as a society to do that. Okay. So I don't want people to think the way I think. But I get frustrated when people want them to think, this is the right way to think. And anyone who doesn't think like this is the other. And I'm going to condemn mm. them and, and call them all sorts of names. And y- people get sucked over to these different ideologies. They get sucked left, they get sucked right. And and the funny thing is, like, if you get sucked over to the right, everyone, if you get sucked far enough, everyone, once you start going right, anyone to the left of you is left. And if once you go left, everyone to the right of you is automatically right. So you're never going to really it's people are just never going to meet anywhere in the middle. They are just sort of so determined to have mm-hmm. everyone see things exactly through their prism. And I think that's a very dangerous thing. And I th- I feel we should all be more open-minded and just let people sp- speak and say what they want to say and listen if you want. And don't, don't listen if you don't want to. It's uh yeah, it's a funny old time. I like the idea of fence sitting though, just sitting on the fence, zooming out and just being like, all right, let's see what everyone's doing and, yeah well
1: i like to avoid conflict as well so mm. i'm very much the person that zooms out and i'm like i'm watching it all and i'm observing mm. and listening but i'm like i am not getting involved with any of it. yeah you don't that's want very much me i i just can't deal with any kind of stress it's like so that.
0: complicated mm-hmm. And it's so vastly complicated when you dive into it. I, I you know, big into politics, but I, but I just find I find it fascinating. The interplay—it's like this huge game of chess, ideological chess—and it's fascinating to see it all play out and how things are played and and how it works. But it, it is like a massive game. It is, seems like a massive game, and and sometimes the game starts, you know, going wrong, like it's like it is now. But I feel I I, I do feel like for a long time in life didn't we get complacent
1: we're always kind of from a young age taught what's next Mm. what am I lacking you don't get taught to you don't get taught to appreciate who you are and everything you've achieved you get taught to be like okay that's great but what am I going to do next and
0: yeah and that's how we've evolved so far as a species yeah if we didn't think that think where we'd be now we'd be still living in caves you know we'd be like okay I like this cave but better if I had a door on it I got a door No, you and i are so guilty of that like <laughs> yeah. we'll
1: go to a restaurant and be like it's really nice but they should have put candles on the table yeah or like
0: we find the weakness they're like straight well, straight the away, chairs
1: we. were really uncomfortable or yeah. yeah yeah i hate that about myself though i feel like that's quite a negative trait to have that i'll walk into a situation and be and always find something wrong with it
0: it's funny sometimes we're at home in the garden or something i'll sit there I'll be like this is lovely just sitting in the garden nice bit of spring sunshine I've got a book here and I've got like, everything's great. Kids are at nursery and school. It's got a, it's a few hours to just to relax. And then
1: when does that ever happen? Well, I'm
0: just, I'm painting a, <laughs> Theoretically a, a, a theoretical speaking. picture. And then I'll be like, oh, but I need a, I need a drink. That would make it better. That would make it much better if I had a drink. And I then I have to tell myself off. You don't really need a bloody drink. You know, I'm always thinking what, what would make this situation a little bit better rather than th- being, be like, isn't this a lovely situation? I'm always thinking, hmm. Or oh, I could do with a bit of chocolate now. That would make this situation perfect. I think
1: a lot of that is actually quite good for our particular career though. Mm. So if, for example, like if I'm taking a photo for a client on my Instagram platform, I will look at a background and be like, oh, that needs Yeah. That piece of rubbish needs to be moved out. It can't be it can't be on the frame. Or this would look so much better if there was some greenery in the background or i don't know do you know what i mean like it's it's it can be a good thing and a bad thing
0: it's funny how instagram has has morphed into this reels it's like the polar opposite of of the artistry that went into instagram Mm -hmm. and the photography and the beauty of it because it's such a beautiful platform if you follow the right people and right photographers some of them are just insanely talented inspiring yeah and and they're just amazing and then reels comes along and it just takes a huge great big turd on it
1: i think this is going to be a very unpopular opinion because from what i gather chatting with my friends and my instagram friends everyone loves reels i just I, i don't know if i've got to that age where i'm really set in my ways and i hate when platforms change and i'm just like oh no not another thing that i have to like Try and keep on top of, or try and learn how to use, or try and yeah. engage with. I'm like, oh, it's too much. It's.
0: I was, I was interested in talking to my cousins uh, about it, who are sort of seventeen, uh, sort of teenagers in early twenties, and um, I, I was fascinated to talk to them about why they like watch it, why TikTok and, and reels and stuff, and they were just sort of saying it's just so disposable, it's just so simple and easy, it's just so con- you know consumable. It doesn't take much thought. That's the thing. You just got kind of to fly through like these things. It's like
1: throwaway content, basically. Yeah, it, which is, I think, why I don't like it. Because I'm like, I don't want to spend free time that I could be creating something else on throwaway content. I mm. want something that's kind of going to be seen differently, you know?
0: I see each one, it, to me, is like eating a Cheeto or something. or, like a, oh, or I love or like, Cheetos. It's like eating a Cheeto. Like You have a couple of them. You think, oh, that's all right. But then... You keep going before you know it. You're like, oh my God, I've just eaten a thousand Cheetos. And now I feel disgusting.
1: It's like <laughs> me with a chocolate orange.
0: And it's like that for mentally. I just feel I can't. Some of them make me angry.
1: But don't you feel like you and I probably are not the age bracket that it's aimed towards? No, you're right. Yeah. We're like, I think we're like probably classed now as like older con- yeah, that's so content true. creators. We're yeah. not like spring chickens.
0: But that's, this is, I think things like TikTok and, and, and Reels are the first real sign that I'm out of touch now, that I've got to that age where I'm not, I'm not kind of down with the kids. Yeah, for same. of a better word.
1: Do you know, I've never even been on TikTok ever. I, f- I
0: feel this is a transition to, as all parents do, they get in something, but oh, what's that bloody MTV? C- c- killing them, you know, chewing gum for the eyes. That's what they used to call uh, Also, TV, isn't it? Chewing gum for the eyes, the idiot box, all that kind of stuff.
1: Also a big sign, <laughs> I guess, is that we're in bed every night at half past nine with a novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a yeah a sign too.
0: yeah you're right um I I, I I just can't get into it and I don't think I ever will oh my get god I it. would
1: love to see you doing one of those reels you know when like I people, did one the other day for people, the first time people change outfits mm. and they like do a little dance and then oh, click or like jump i like makes
0: me like dry heave honestly I just get I so just when I just can't understand that, it. it's I'm so like, cringy I don't understand how people don't when they see it and they're like I'm not putting this up it's the cringiest thing I I've feel ever
1: seen. bad saying it because like obviously a few of my friends do it it's their job yeah, to, to yeah. be an Instagrammer and so I totally like respect that you've got to keep up with it but I just I can't bring myself to do it I'm no, like I'll no. just lit like a mum like wiggling around on screen
0: the thing <laughs> is though I on all honesty I'd say we're a little bit cynical about stuff like that I'd say we've always been in terms of the industry that we're in we're quite cynical creators a lot of people out there are very much like embrace these things they, they they're, they're very fun and um, positive positive and I think you and I are a bit more cynical when it comes to stuff yeah. like this. And I would rather be like them, I think, in life. I wish I, I used to stand there in in clubs and some cheesy-ass song would come on and I would be like, I am not fucking dancing to S Club 7. There is no way I'm doing that. And then um, everyone would be dancing, come on, Steph, come on, dance. And I'd be like, no. And I used to get so jealous thinking,
1: oh, I wish I could just flashes let go. That me back but to then, New Year's Eve last year when um, <laughs> we went to this like dinner and dancing thing in the roman baths before corona times and we were there with a couple of our friends and it got to that time in the evening where everyone was kind of having a little bop everyone was having a little jig Yeah. Uh, abba came on and i was like yeah let's go dance." and steph was like no you just stayed sat down at the table
0: i hate myself because i'm sitting there like <laughs> steph you absolutely why can't you just go up there like everybody else and enjoy it why can't you just get into it but when I, there's that thing like i said earlier with my dad when i was you know when i cried when i found out he had prostate cancer He's all right now, by the way. He's fine. He he's he's through it. He recovered. But um um, yeah. I I have the same thing when I'm dancing. I look at myself. I mean, if it's a good house track or techno, I'm like I'm down with that. I could stay up there all night dancing. But if it's a uh, if it's some um sort of you know abba or top twenty top twenty track, I I'll just fit. I just excruciatingly painful. I think it's like say if it's like an S Club Seven song, I'll be like I hate the I, I hate this music so much. That moving around to it feels like i'm dignifying how its you existence hate S
1: Club i mean i mean come it on it was my era i was like how old was i when that came out i used to learn the dance routines <laughs> hold on to what you try yeah. to be your individuality oh God, oh God, oh God. i mean that's a great song for the world right now
0: <laughs> yeah when yeah. the
1: world is on your shoulders just smile and let it go
0: oh we should do a hannah and Mag singing <laughs> section um <laughs> Yeah, but no, I uh, I do get jealous and uh, it's like that with the reels thing and with all that kind of stuff and people are jumping around, having a great time and, you know, getting into it. I feel, oh, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could be like you and just let go and get into it and just not I've be so I've always self-aware. felt like
1: that on dance floors. Mm. Unless I'm what? quite self-aware? drunk, I just don't really enjoy it. I don't oh, yeah. feel like I can let go unless I'm in like my best friend's kitchen and, and yeah. we're drinking wine and it's just two of us yeah. and I don't care who's looking at me or like what I'm doing and I'm like literally in my pyjamas. That's that's where I feel safe and good and I yeah. can just dance like a dick.
0: Yeah,
1: In a club, on a dance floor, not my favourite place.
0: I've missed it. I've missed going to clubs. We don't really have any clubs in Bath, do we? No. What, do we have, we never really
1: went to clubs in London, no. No, we, did, we didn't, did we? But we... I think that's probably because I don't really enjoy that scene. I don't like being in that kind of crowd and like just feeling self-conscious and I always wear the wrong thing. And I think that's probably the reason why... You kind of stopped doing that is because I, you just knew if you went with me, I would just be be like, Yeah, (laughs) we go home, stressed,
0: yeah, we go home. You're quite short as well, so it's hard for you to see. Yeah, it's just
1: not enjoyable in a crowd when you're short. Yeah, all you see is people's shoulders, and like no one sees you, so they just shove you out the way. Like, no, it's not, it's not the one, not that we have that issue anymore.
0: No, no, I, I kind of miss it, but then you know, it's done, it's a chapter that's over. I think everyone goes through that kind of the clubbing stage, and then they just have kids, and you're like, Yeah, well. It's not, not for me anymore. Not worth the uh, yeah
1: the hangover the next yeah week.
0: exactly yeah but anyway so Hannah and I are um we we're, we're free from the kids for the next uh, hour I think it is we We've got to pick up Rufus from his nursery in about an hour and then uh, pick up Grayson and then it's back to normal so we could try and fit these uh, podcasts in you know the the sort of spaces between childcare it's, it's do
1: you know what I actually prefer filming it in the morning do I don't know why I yeah. know you prefer the evening though don't you.
0: I like it because I feel guilty drinking whiskey at um, half past 10. But why do you need to drink
1: whiskey to talk to your wife? I just, it's just nice to have a little whiskey
0: on the go, you know, as you're having a chat. But uh, I've got I've got a few people lined up that I want to um, bring into the podcast. I think we have a, several people that we want to kind of bring in and have a chat with. But I think we're still in flux at the moment. We're still stabilising everything and figuring out like what features work and what don't and where, it, where it, how it all pieces together. And I think once the format's more settled, then it was time to bring people in and we'll be a bit more professional about everything. But uh, I've loved it so far. I loved just sitting and chatting. And
1: I've really liked trying something new that isn't too far out of my comfort zone because it's sort of a natural progression from sitting down to film like, an outro scene for a youtube video that we would create it's just mm. you're you're stripping away the rest of the video and you're just having a chat
0: which means i can relax more because i'm not worried about with the technical elements so it's good yeah i'm really enjoying the it.
1: only thing i'm not enjoying about this week is the fact that i've got a gigantic spot from wearing a face it, mask hopefully you can't see it no. but the camera's pointing exactly at the right angle <laughs> to like pick up this, this well. one spot that i can't cover up because it is like it's like another Frickin' face.
0: (laughs) It's so bizarre when you have, like, a blemish on your face. To you, it's so much bigger than it is to everybody else. Nobody else really even notices it, but...
1: I'm wondering if anyone else is finding that at the moment, actually, because I am sure that my skin is the way it is is more blemish prone at the moment because i'm wearing a mask so much oh god yeah of course it is yeah um and obviously i'm i'm putting makeup on because we're filming or Hmm. i'm just putting makeup on for the day and then i'm putting a mask over it and breathing and i just think god that cannot be good for my skin Hmm. but then sometimes wearing a mask is quite nice because you put put a mask on covers up half your face put some sunglasses on covers the other half of your face don't need to do your makeup no one can see your face
0: I can't believe I went through about two years of getting my bloody teeth fixed with... Uh, uh, with Invisalign. With, no, clear, was it Clear Connect? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clear Connect. And, uh, and then and now everyone's wearing a mask. <laughs> I was like, damn it, I can't even show up my new straight old teeth. <laughs> that's annoying. But uh, that's the way it is. It's, it's a funny <laughs> that's old life. Place. But I feel like, I feel this... Um, I was a bit worried about this week's, vid, this week's podcast because I was worried when we sat down. I was like, am I in the right frame of mind for this? I'm finding it very... Di- I'm finding it quite creatively i'm finding it a little bit tricky right now especially with the vlogs i'm finding them very difficult to produce
1: i thought that about you this morning when because i was very much like right we've got three hours we need Mm. to get up there we need to record the podcast i'm very like pragmatic with my time when we don't have the children i'm like i'll literally structure my time whereas steph's kind of floats around a little bit first before he does anything like productive and then when when we were chatting about it this morning i was a bit like oh i wonder if he's in the mood to chat because i told him off this morning for coming down late and not yeah, helping that, me that, do anything in put the me kitchen in a bad mood straight away. i was like i've done the washing i've given the kids breakfast i've like ironed yeah. the school uniform you've done nothing
0: I, I wouldn't mind you saying that after you said morning honey and gave me like a kiss on the cheek and then said that then i could deal with it but when the first thing i hear when i wake up is like an attack i'm like well that's put me in a shit mood <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is it i said i oh, would really I regret not going to the gym this morning we moved past it yeah we we, we skimmy we skim past it yeah it's uh it's all about petty uh, digs when you're when you're um married isn't it Hannah? so i'm going to chat to my friend now who's the urological surgeon urological urological surgeon <laughs> <laughs> i'm so thick <laughs> so uh um so i'm going to find out why he as as a man who has studied medicine is a bit of a skeptic over this whole covid reaction so let's go and speak to tom So, the conversation I had with my friend Tom uh, got a little bit apocalyptic at times, uh, a little bit deathy at stages. So, I figured it probably wouldn't work if I just wedged it into this podcast. Uh, It also was over 20 minutes long. So, it was quite a beefy one, quite a beefy conversation. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) quite a beefy one. So, I don't know why I use that adjective. So, what I've done is I've uploaded it as a separate podcast. It will be linked in the show notes below. Uh, So, yeah, please go and check it out because I found uh, talking to him really interesting and I'm sure you will too. So I'm going to play now a couple of snippets from it. So devoid of all context. So don't get angry until you listen to the full version. But yeah, anyway, check the show notes to listen to that. Anyway, here's a a couple of clips from our conversation. Roll it. I've seen you've been fairly outspoken about COVID-19. Well, not so much COVID-19, but the handling of COVID-19 and how we've dealt with it.
2: I'm a urologist. I'm just a plumber. So with the help of quite clever colleagues that I have, I've got a professor of emergency medicine, some respiratory consultant colleagues, we realised pretty quickly that this this wasn't the apocalypse. You know, the virulence of it was nowhere in the, re- in the region of sort of significant global ending mm. pathogens.
0: So what would you advocate we do?
2: We lock down hard, we lock down aggressively, we open up quick and we accept the deaths that come. There is no way to get through this than other than the fact that the majority of us catch it and that's what people can't understand
0: you've obviously been outspoken about this why aren't more of your colleagues outspoken about it why do we seldom hear about anything from this from the medical industry
2: you can lose your job
0: is COVID going to be around forever is this something we're going to always have with us or will we find this a miracle is- cure and, and and vaccinate everyone and it's gone
2: well the first thing is i would say there is no way on god's earth that i will be giving a vaccine to my children that's been rushed through yeah. the concept of having a, you know having a vaccine in the next five years that i'd be willing to subject my family to uh, uh, i'd rather they get the bug and fight the bug i think the virus is going to become insignificant but i think its impact isn't probably
0: and and insignificant as in we slowly realize we'll, it's not as... we'll all have it thank you so much for tuning into this week's podcast our second ever one um we're still in the fine tune it was not not even fine tuning. we're in the tuning stage so hopefully we'll get to the fine tuning stage soon
1: i think steph's trying to round this up now aren't you
0: yeah i think we've <laughs> done we've done a, i think we've done quite a long time so yeah it feels like it's naturally kind of come to an end
1: thank you so much for listening guys hope you enjoyed this episode let us know if you go and take a look at anything we've recommended and what you think of it And also head over to the Facebook page. We will link it in the show notes and let us know what you think or if there's any topics that you would like us to talk about next time or if you have any Agony Aunt questions for us. And we will see you all in next week's episode. Hi. Oh, you did
0: that outro well. Thanks, Hannah. practising <laughs> that in the mirror. <laughs> thanks, everyone.
1: Imagine if I had, like yeah. like when I practised everything I wanted to say to my uh, first boyfriend. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so you don't make a fool of yourself again.
1: <laughs> Always making a fool of myself.
0: <laughs> right. Thanks for watching, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for however you've consumed it. Thank you for... Uh...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we'll see you all um, next week for more uh, shenanigans. Let's just say it. Right. Where's my outro music? Oh, God.